everybody. Welcome on back to Russian and Ranted, the official podcast of AFC Rushton and Diamonds. It's our first episode of 2022, so we hope you all had an amazing Christmas. Hope Santa brought you all everything you asked for. I got a new microphone, so you may have noticed the audio sounds a bit better on my end, or at least I certainly hope it does anyway. That would be a great start, but anyway, I digress. We are back to talk all things Diamonds, and I know I've said it before, but I'm really looking forward to this one because we've been treated to some great football this last month or so. Plenty of positive performances and results, and there's so many good things that we can talk about. My name is Joseph, and I'm delighted to be joined by Ollie and Scott. Gents, good to see you both again. How are we doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Joseph. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you, Scott? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks. Had a really good Christmas. I'm looking forward to pushing on in the season. Coming up in this episode, we'll be talking about our December matches and dissecting into them in a bit more detail. They say December is the most wonderful time of the year, and it certainly proved to be the case for Rushton as we picked up three wins from our four festive matches. And it was a happy new year as well, with Diamonds beating St. Ives on New Year's Day by four goals to nil. And in doing so, recording our biggest win of the season. It was just a shame we couldn't play against Peter Sports. That one was postponed due to COVID cases in the Diamonds camp. But of course, we do look forward to making the journey to the B Arena when that fixture is rearranged. Uh, we also welcomed a couple of new faces onto the AFC Washington Diamonds board, both of whom have very kindly agreed to come on today and talk to us about their new roles. And they're also going to be joining us for when we discuss the December fixtures as well. So I'm very much looking forward to those discussions and hearing more from our new board members. Um, Scott, before we get stuck into all of that, is there any news you want to bring us up to speed with? Yeah, we've got a new signing, um, Tom Binder um, from last year's under-18s. He's been playing at um, Buckwell St. Michael's. Um, he's he's um, come to us, so he signed forms on around about the 1st of January. And um, also within the club, uh, Fraser Corden has signed some league forms um, for the club. He's won the 20, under-21s. Um, he had a bit of a cameo against... Um, Shenix earlier in the season in the Hillier Cup. So two two very good young players pushing forward and adding to that squad. Thank you for that, Scott. I think that's more or less everything covered. So let's kick off the episode. This is Russian and Ranting, the official podcast of AFC Rushton and Diamonds. He's not got too many options forward, but Connor Furlong is making a run. That's a nice ball looking for Furlong, who clips it towards Ty Let's get into it then, gents. I think it's only right we start um, by introducing our guests for today's episode. AFC Russian Diamonds have co-opted two new faces onto the club's board, and we're delighted to welcome onto the Russian and Ranting podcast, Mr. David Kaliki and Mr. Chris McCormack. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting, inviting us. Yeah, thank you, Joseph. Good to be here. I'll start off with David. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a bit more about you? Okay, well, I started watching uh, R&D FC, as it were, um, back in the early 90s. I think uh, and about the nine, end, towards the tail end of the 93 season, I uh, went along to the North Stand and became an ardent uh, supporter, season ticket holder, right through to uh, the demise back in 2010-2011. Uh, and then uh, involved with the Phoenix Club right at the start, um, supporting uh, 
on the uh, on the website and I've been a season ticket ever since season ticket holder ever since now allow me to get this out of the way Chris is in fact my dad you can probably tell by our matching surnames uh, but I should put on record that I was not involved in the process of his co-option it's something that he and the club have been keen on for a while um, and it's something that they've organized themselves uh, it's certainly going to feel weird calling you Chris during this chat but Chris welcome aboard <laughs> Also feels a bit weird welcoming you to something that I'm not a part of, but uh, nevertheless, welcome um, to the pod. Can you give the listeners an insight into your background for us? Yes, thank you again for the invitation. Similar to David, I watched the old R&D used to go. I was early noughties with that. Um, I moved up to Wellingborough in 1999, um, big football fan, and was looking to adopt a local club. Uh, to, to, to go and watch etc so um, it was a supplier of mine at the time actually that took me along to Rushton the Diamonds watched the game uh, thought that the quality of football was was very very high for for non-league really enjoyed it and just gradually began to go back um, I wasn't involved at, at any level in the old club uh, just as a spectator and a fan did drift away after the demise I have to say with uh the, the children growing up and whatever and, and sort of gave a bit more time to that um, but have gone back recently uh, and in particular since uh, since Joseph's involvement as well uh, and enjoying what I'm seeing at uh, AFC RD. David question to you when we um, approached to join the board and can you kind of explain the process behind it and then same question to you Chris afterwards. Sure um, it's something that I've thought about um, for say probably for the last year or so and uh, I was approached uh, by Scott uh, to see whether I was interested and um, I took over the uh, web administration at the end of the 2018-2019 season um, I'll be able to assist where I can. Just to give you guys some bit of background with David, um, David is a project manager at um, Volkswagen um, so, and also is involved a lot in their IT system so he's got that sort of knowledge and experience in terms of infrastructure which Obviously, as the club starts trying to move levels and starts to get more professionalised, that is going to be important for us moving forward. Although it will be small steps at the moment, certainly going into the future and looking beyond that, um, we will be look, looking obviously to make things that, be that, that touch better so we can actually push to that next level. Yeah, so for, for myself, uh, Ollie, I go into the games. Um, I, I like to have a wander around and listen to the fans. Uh, and get a feel for what's going on. And I, and I was really interested to, to be hearing different views um, from, from fans about what they were feeling, how, the, how they felt about the, the, the club now and what was going on. Um, and I read that the, the sort of magic moment for me, if, if you like to call it that, I, it was after the Peterborough Sports game, the programme notes in there from Ralph. Um, I'd already known that uh, John Ward had stood down as, as vice and uh, Ralph disclosed in, in the notes in that one that, that he also was going to stand down uh, and invited people to contact him by, by way of email if uh, they wanted to talk about anything, if they had ideas. So unlike uh, David, I wasn't approached by the club. I, I, I did contact Ralph and we met and we had a conversation and I just, you know, just put across some ideas and, and some feedback really that, he felt was very positive because it had come from from the fans um, from these you know these little wanders around the ground and our conversation evolved into many things he 
He got to learn my background. Um, I'm a local businessman. My company's 20 years old. Um, and everything that's involved in that, there are striking similarities. Um, you, you know, AFC Ruston Diamonds is a young club. It's progressed very quickly. Um, it's been successful. It is successful. Um, and he was very keen to, we were swapping what we believed were the ingredients, what we could see going forward. And uh, after that, I, I was contacted, I guess, and, and asked if I would be interested in joining the board, which, you know, privileged to do so um was keen to do that and and uh and here we are have either of you two had a briefing from the board or given any specific roles to to carry out would you like to go first david well at this stage um i'm looking to stabilize um the official website and improve it uh, where where we can and uh, liaising closely with scott uh stately on the uh, social media side and its expansion how uh, we can improve uh, the listening audience as it were and also the viewing audience uh, for me uh, extending the conversation with ralph and, and a couple of uh, meetings since with with david taylor I, i've kind of slipped into uh, more of an engagement type of role and identifying and and certainly exploring as well revenue streams for the club um i'm quite an analytical person um and uh we're looking at just perhaps tightening up in some areas where we can really squeeze maximum revenue again so just on that side of things that that little areas that are working well but what maybe we can do slightly better there but extend on them as well because like i say you know so far the, the club is a success without a shadow of a doubt are there any specific roles that you'll both bring to the role? So starting with you, Chris, and then you, David, any specific um, skills that you'll bring to um, your co-opted um, part on the board? Um, I, I think engagement uh, for me. I, I'm, I'm very pro engagement um, within my business. It, it's been one of the core components of our success. Uh, transparency with that. So we all know what we're doing, who's responsible for what. Um, and and with the stakeholders really so you know I would say engagement with the fans and and that's where unbeknown to me strangely enough I was already doing that with my wandering around the around the ground and talking to people so uh, definitely that uh, I think risk analysis as well um, as as uh, again looking at maybe our sponsors uh, our suppliers you know sponsors being a revenue stream suppliers being a dependency where can we like shore that up and make sure that that's sustainable for us um, to just give us a confidence and a platform to go forward uh, and, and, and build on the success uh, that, that's already in place. The same question to you, David, about any specific skills that, that you'll bring to your position on the board. Uh, OK, um, I'm a long standing IT project manager, so um, looking to bring my project skills to the fore to be either the uh, club um, so producing roadmaps, action lists, task lists. I'm very task orientated and uh, looking to uh, provide the necessary outputs and outcomes that the uh, club is looking for. If you look at Rushton as a whole, both AFCRD and certainly the original Rushton Diamonds, it's a huge organisation, isn't it? And it boasts a very rich history and a, and a big support base. And I suppose that in turn brings a particular level of expectation. How much potential do you both see in this football club and, and how can we fulfil that over time? 
uh, potential in the football club, <clears throat> League Two, uh, it's already been done. The, 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 there's a map there eventually. And I, I think with, with to put timescale on that, that's not for perhaps for me to do that. Um, but I think I, I, I'm not a subscriber to the kind of dare to dream approach. You know, if we believe we can, then arguably we will. And, and I think that by doing and utilizing the skills of everybody and the range of skills that are, that are with the people that are there, the volunteers, the dedication, the community. If you really look at all these factors, you know, I, I now that that sort of lead to certainly national league may, may sound really over ambitious perhaps to some, but I don't believe it is. And I think that if you can think of, of maybe an, a, an office block or an office tower, you know, and, and the current club is, is, is on a level with all the lights on, they just need to stand outside a minute and actually see what floor they're on now because they started right at the bottom. You know, three promotions in, would it be six seasons? I think it was, something like that. Yeah, you know, roughly speaking. Incredible, absolutely incredible. That's, that's one every other season, you know. And people just, I think, need to take a moment, stand outside, look at what level of that floor the lights are on now, and they are really going upwards. And I, and I you know... With talk of the new home and stuff like that, I, I don't think that's daring to dream. I, I think we should believe we can. Same question to you, David. Okay, as Chris said, uh, as alluded to, uh, to see where we've come from, from nothing over the last ten years to where we are now at step three, the Southern League Premier Division Central. Um, where will we be in the next, say, three, five, seven, ten years' time? Um, I'd like to see us. At a new ground, definitely, in 10 years' time. I'd like us to see us in the National League, be that step two or step one for a period. I don't think we'll shoot through those leagues. They're very competitive, and it's a, there's a big gap between step three and step two, and we've got to overcome that and stabilise. Uh, we've got used now just to uh, step three. Um, we need to try and uh, get through... Uh, get promoted, whether that be through the uh, playoffs or as champions, it's to be seen. Uh, so de definitely uh, step two and step one. Say if we can be in step two in the next three seasons, all well and good. But uh, the biggest hurdle, I think, is getting our new ground. That would be, uh, uh, if you look at the expansion of Rushton into Rushton East, a whole new community being built up from scratch, a new ground, new um, untapped resource, as it were, a new untapped community, untapped fan uh, base that we can uh, reach out to, build on. You touched on the, um, the achievements you'd like to see on the pitch. And David, you also mentioned the uh, potential of a new ground as well. Are there any other sort of off-field achievements that you'd like to see as well in that time? We're all going through a, a bit of a severe period because of the um, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So getting our fans back... Um, in, 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 into the stadium, um, I think, is, is um, something to aim for. Uh, I think all non-league clubs uh, have um, suffered over the last two years, say. So um, I'd like to build up the uh, fan base again. Uh, whether people are staying away because of uh, COVID or whether they've lost interest um, or whether they've found other activities outside of football, but we just need to... Uh, re-engage with, with, with that community of, uh, of fans and get them to coming back to Hayden Road for starters. 
I, I would completely concur with David and I, and I definitely there's an influence um, from from COVID and probably the most prominent one. If you look at the the average attendances coming into that, certainly the the the, the last sort of season, five hundred and sixty. So we've we have seen a sort of thirty three percent drop off on that, which of course we we will mainly attribute to COVID. But to add to David there, um, I, I agree with with the fan base and the community reaching out to that. What I would like to see off um, uh, off off the field and also the succession. You know the succession plan is crucial in any 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 business or organisation. And by succession for us, it, it's bringing the young people, getting the youngsters into the ground. You know, grabbing that support foothold quite early. Um, coming back to engagement again. You know, really doing that and and starting to get that back. We've been to a few uh, games this season, and and it's a comment I've made quite often, Joseph, isn't it? It, it, I've been really surprised in in some grounds how young the the supporters start there. And let's be honest, football is one of those magnificent things whereby you can have a four year old engaging in 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 a in a nice environment with a ninety four year old, and they're all there for the same reason. Might have different kit sizes, but they are all there for the same reason. And and that that for me would be to see that at, at Hayden Road and and preferably a new home. Yeah, it really is that community feeling, Chris, isn't it? You know, whether you're um, 15 years old or 95 years old, like you say, it's that shared experience each week, isn't it, of, of loving the football club and um, wanting to support the team and, and do the best you can for the for the club as well. Are there any, any initial plans or ideas in place to, to get more fans through the turnstiles again and to get more younger fans involved with the club? Or is it a case of just... Uh, developing more ideas and, and seeing how things go in the near future. I think if, if I can go first on that one, David, I, I've I, I had a, a recent meeting with David Taylor and there, there are some ideas that have gone forward um, on that and and it would probably be best place for, for him to, to sort of evolve that really from the board's point of view. Um, it's very early for us. I, I'm, I'm sure I can speak for you as well, David, if, if, if I may on that one, because... We, we got our approval, I think it was um, mid to late November from the FA. Um, we, of course, had uh, December and the break for Christmas there. So the two of us have not had much time to get into sort of the, the nitty gritty of it and, and protocols or whatever. It's only with the contact of, of people like Scott and for myself, David Taylor, that we can begin to see um, the mechanics of, of how the board runs and what have you. So very early for us. Just to echo what the guys have just been saying, actually, there are there have been sort of ideas around to actually try and engage with young people, especially schools and that. There have been some things we should put that on hold, like restricted attendances last year, and obviously now we've still got COVID up and down. So it's not really felt quite right at any at the, up to this point to actually start doing a bit more of that sort of promotion. But hopefully in the new year, as things start to ease, we can start looking at that and then start pushing the next level, because certainly that is a problem. And it's something I picked up for a long, long time. It's part of the reason why I came onto the board. It is the average age of the crowd. You know, it's great we've got good attendances but obviously what we've got to be careful about is we have got um a fan base which is a little bit older than some other clubs and it's just really really crucial we get those kids in about seven or eight years old roughly um to actually get that conversion so they become fans and then they push on for the future and then they have their own kids and they pass on that legacy um certainly that's something we do need to drive at other clubs i mean funny enough just to echo what um chris was just saying about other grounds just from going up to matlock and um 
one of my previous sort of like groundhogs and we didn't have a game actually um and they'd actually invited the local school along and they had all vip passes on there um and being shown around the ground they've been treated um you know like yeah like um as though they were part of hospitality and that and just giving them that match day experience so they go back to their parents and say i want to go and watch matlock obviously we want to do it for diamonds so that's really crucial to get that right over the next few years certainly if we want to push to step two and get those gates up because at the moment the lower gates are reasonably okay and even if we get to 530 that's good for this level you want to get to that six seven hundred if you want to go to step two and then stay there um, and stay there consistently and that needs to be solid and that's something we all need to work towards achieving so any ideas out there see we're all ears I, if, if I may there, just come in on some, an echo something you've mentioned, Scott, and that is match day experience. Um, our, our PA said that last week or, or last home game uh, about enhancing the match day experience. And that's also something that uh, I've certainly been discussing with David and ideas there because we, we can talk about getting people and fans into the ground, but you have to ask the question, what for? You know, we want people in early, don't we? We we want to create a match day experience that people will wake up Saturday morning, look forward to. You know, I need to get down to Hayden Road for for one fifteen because such and such is going on, and then I'm going to have a good time there and and what have you. So that for me is a core focus as well. Probably a further answer to to your question previously to uh, to to just create something new and 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 then get the young ones in. Well, it's been really great listening to your. Um opinions and your visions for the club we'll, we'll wrap up this section with a uh, one last question for both of you I'll, I'll come to david first of all if i may one day when you look back on your time on the board what, what do you personally hope to have achieved i would have hoped that the club would have progressed that uh, the board um would have achieved its goals of uh, getting a new ground and uh, that the fan base will be re-engaged uh, for me, uh, I, I personally, I would like to look back and feel that I made a difference. Um, and the the fans, the volunteers, everybody connected with the club will benefit from from the difference, how, however big, small or indifferent um, that might be. Um, and, I, and I would myself like to look back with a fondness that I was part of something that continued the great work already done um to to create a product that that's worthy of the need and you know our product is football our ingredients are the players the fans the volunteers everybody within that club and and a huge sense of pride for the community in rushton spoken about what's going on off the pitch so now let's turn our focus onto the pitch and talk about how the team have been doing it's been a great couple of months for the diamonds who showed much improvement in november and it was good to see us carried out form into december as well so much so that we climbed as high as sixth place in the league which just goes to show 
how much improvement we've been putting in. We've been particularly good away from home as well. Three wins out of three on the road in December. So let's begin this segment of the pod by heading to Topfield, the home of Hitchin Town, where Diamonds overcame the Canaries by two goals to one on Saturday, the 4th of December. Ben Diamond and Ty Deacon scored the first goals as Diamonds took control of the game. But Callum Stead made things interesting by pulling one back for Hitchin in the second half. The Diamonds did have to withstand some waves of pressure after that, but they did do enough to see out the result and bring home the three points. Ollie, it was another great afternoon commentating with you on Radio Diamonds, and it, and it was good to see our team reward us with the result as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the day, and it was a game very much of, of two halves in many ways, wasn't it? Um, as the away games at Tamworth and Royston later on in the month were as well, where dominated the, the first half, scored two nicely worked goals, especially the first one, a nice set-piece routine um, to get us into the early lead. That, um, Hitchin didn't really threaten too much. Second half, they got a, look, a slightly lucky deflection and um, the ball ended up in the back of the net. It was about 35 minutes to go, something like that, and it was it was back to the wall, but we showed terrific character, terrific spirit, um, defended from the front. Snedka was quite well protected as well. I can't recall him having to make too many saves. There was a couple of goal mouth scrambles. There's always going to be, isn't there? You know, a couple of heart in, um, heart in mouth moments. But yeah, defended excellently. Um, just a shout out to Ben Diamond. You mentioned Joseph um, scored a terrific goal in that match. And I think throughout December and ever since he's been in that centre midfield role, he's been absolutely fantastic. Him and Fernando uh, Botox still have really worked well together, uh, very industrious, get up and down the pitch, um, they're, they're good on the ball, um, decent in, in the air as well, win a few win a few flick-ons. Um, when he first played a centre midfield, I thought, oh, you know, is it kind of filling a gap for a game or something like that? He's made that role his own and so is Fernando, so credit to them too. Um, they put in a great performance at Hitchin um, and it was a great win. I think Hitchin showed they're, they're not a bottom three side based on that performance. Um, so hopefully they can kick on and, and move up the up the table later on in the season. But yeah, it was a perfect start to the month. You mentioned that opening goal, Oli, and it was a brilliant goal to send us on our way, wasn't it? Clearly something that had been devised on the training ground. Everyone was grouped inside the six-yard area, all with the exception of Ben Diamond, who was obviously prowling inside the D, breezed away from his man, who completely switched off at that moment. And what a volley it was into the roof of the net. And, and we should give credit to Ravi Shamsi as well for the delivery. I mean, brilliant floated ball right on the money and quality set-piece goal, which we've, we've come to expect from Diamonds because we seem to score so many from set-pieces. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a strength of ours, isn't it? And um, yeah, I think we'll come on to it, but later in the month when when Ravi got injured and, and missed a, a couple of games, you know, you, you, you're worried, oh, is there still going to be enough creativity? But people like Connor Furlong and AJ George really stepped up. Um, Nathan Shakuna, seven goals in, in eight games as well. Absolutely terrific form. So it shows we've got that... Um, you know, we've got that creativity throughout the squad and that strength in depth as well to replace when we lose a top player like Shamsi to injury, we can bring players in who can still make a, a big impact. Yeah, no, guys, I agree. No, I agree. It's a great result at Hitchin. I think what was great about the first half is how we got those two goals, clinical, fantastic goal from um, Ty Deacon again, hold great strength and then with that one-on-one -on -one to knock it into, into the net. Um, I don't think I think it just just goes to show how much of a difference he has made in our front in our front three since then. He's clinical. He brings players into into play. He's looking for a man. He's not always selfish. Okay, he can score goals, um, but he's got that instinct to look for other players who might be in a better position 
um, to get those goals. Very much a team player, and I think he's been a bit of a revelation actually. Um, I, one, I did hear someone describe him as, a, as a, a young Tom Lorraine, but we'll have to see how he gets on to live up to that sort of um, that standard. But if he, you know, hopefully he does. That's to say, it's early days, but great so far. Six goals, I think, in ten games. Um, I think the only thing I would say about the Hitchin one is, I think, just to echo what you guys said, it was a great performance. Just a shame we couldn't quite get that third goal because I think we had a few opportunities in the second half. But yeah, just what Ollie just said. For me, I think Hitchin are in a false position because I think they did they did a lot of good stuff in that game. They just can't. They haven't got that clinical edge. But I was just looking at the table now, they are gradually sneaking out of it. So it, even though they were bottom at the time, it was still a good result on the day for us to get out. And obviously, as you say, as, as you say, um, once they got that goal, their tails were up. But we thought, you know, we were able to see out with the game and actually get the result. It's interesting you touch on Hitchin being in a false position, and I, and I would agree with you absolutely. I think. They have quite a defined style of play, don't they? They've become very renowned for their possession-based football and, and they do that with midfield diamond template. Now, when you come up against four central midfielders, naturally, it's it's very difficult to outnumber them in, in the centre of the pitch. Um, and, and the way you can get around that is by attacking them down the wings, you know, trying to create 2v1s against the fullbacks and and hitting them with quick transi- transitions when you win the ball. And there were many times, especially in that first half, diamonds were just exploiting them down the sides with the likes of Connor Furlong, Ravi Shamsi. We saw uh, Sam Warburton and Paddy Casey getting forward to support as well and help out. And Diamonds caused Hitchin all sorts of problems. Won the game within the first 25 minutes, I think it's fair to say. And I think credit has to go to Peaksy and the coaches for the way that they set out their stall. Because like we've touched on, you know, Hitchin may be down there near the bottom, but it's not easy to go to a team that plays such good football. Yeah, the scrapping for points, uh, but obviously the, the you know, the work, the time, like Scott says, when we're at bottom of the table. Um We've got that defined style of play now, haven't we, that we've been searching for in the early stages of the season, where even away from home, and as we'll move on to, you know, in the away games at Tamworth and Royston, we can soak up that pressure, hit on the counter-attack with the pace of Shamsi, Shakuna, George, Furlong, Deacon, whichever four of those are playing out of the five. Um, we've got that pace and creativity to to threaten at one end, but that strength down the other end as well to to withstand any any pressure, any long balls, any attempted through balls. I think Liam Dolman's come back into the side and has been a revelation. Um, we've got Ryan Hughes obviously coming back from injuries. It is a great option to to bring in as well. And credit to Sam Warburton as well. I think he had a bit of a difficult start to his to his time at the club. Um, but ever since he's come back into the side in the last couple of months as well, he's been he's been fantastic. He's a threat going forward as well. And him and um, George down that left side seem to be building up a a nice combination. That's for sure. I'm glad you mentioned the defenders, Ollie. And you know we spoke about the attackers and how well they did, but. With Hitchin getting their goal inside the first 10 minutes of the second half, it, it did set up for a very nervy rest of the game. I mean, we still had, what, 40 minutes to, to see it through, and, and that's a long time to hold a lead. But I thought we managed the game superbly well. Pixie said on plenty of occasions, you know, this is still a very young group who are, you know, learning the trade. They're getting better by the week. And you can definitely see that they're maturing more as the season goes on. I mean, we stood firm against Hitchin. We did the same job at Royston, which we'll come on to in a bit. Tamworth as well. And you can see we're really improving our defensive solidity as the weeks go by. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you say, um, you know, even with the the two players 
Diamond and Botox were in front of the back four as well. They've done a fantastic job of, of um, you know, winning possession back and, and harrying teams high up the pitch as well. I think we've seen that a lot over the last few months, uh, turnover of possession, forcing the opposition into mistakes, winning it high up and then giving it to the creative players to, um, you know, to do, to, to do the business higher up the pitch as well. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the defence starts from the front in many ways. You know, Deacon is, is very hard working. It will close down the opposition. Um, and and that kind of is instilled throughout the rest of the squad as well. We're hard working, but we've got quality at the same time as well. I think you're right, Joseph. As well, that a huge difference that I've noticed over the games is is the difference in in how they manage the game now. Um, that there doesn't seem, and you can feel it in the supporters as well, can't you? We get a bit nervous before we might go one up, two up, and then think, oh my goodness, you know, we just need to sit on this, but. I, I think that's ebbed away a little bit now. There is there is a confidence there um, that, that the defence has definitely made a difference. And just like to sort of come out a little bit on on what Scott was saying with with Ty Deke, and I, I think he's a is a very good signing. Um, and working with his back to goal, being able to hold that ball, being that target man when needed. Uh, I, I think yeah, I think there's a great mix of players at the moment. Maybe this mix suits. Uh, the manager's formation, and that, and that's beginning to bear a bit of fruit as well. So it was a good win in Hertfordshire, but disappointment followed in our next match, our only Hayden Road outing of the month. Stratford came to town and unfortunately avenged their defeat in the reverse fixture by beating us 3-1 on Saturday the 11th of December. Diamonds did take the lead, courtesy of Nathan Shakuna's brilliant free kick in the first half, but Stratford turned things around with three brilliant long-range goals. It's not too often you see, you know, you get undone with, one long-range scream in a game, let alone three in one game, but such is football, isn't it? And sometimes you've just got to take it on the chin and move on. Where do you want to start with this one, gents? Because I thought Diamonds started quite well. I mean, we we looked okay in that first half, obviously took the lead, but we just couldn't sustain that for 90 minutes, unfortunately, and ultimately we, we got punished. I think, yeah, but I was just thinking, just as you were just saying that, I just, that something came into my mind, reminded me of the uh, Northern Premier League um, Division 1 South season, where we were getting the results away from home and we were playing quite well if you went if you went to the away games. But at home, we weren't always doing the business. And it kind of feels like that with the Stratford game in that section section where, you know, we'd had a good decent result against Hitchin. We've had a few good results from that. And obviously since then, we've had the Tamworth and the Royston result. But obviously when we're, you know, those of us who go away are saying, yeah, we've, done, we've actually done quite well away from home. And then we've come back to home and then the home fans are seen it and we don't quite meet, manage up to those expectations and it kind of had that feel earlier in the month but obviously as we'll say later we've had a good result at home to, against St Ives so let's hope that continues for the season but I think it's just a one-off um, I mean it's the run started at Stratford it's ended against Stratford so I suppose you could argue it's um, it's just typical that that sort of thing ends up taking place. We seem to find ourselves in the ideal situation didn't we you look at the timing of Nathan Shakuna's goal just before half time it's an ideal time to score because it gives us the lead, a real lift going into the second half. And I'm sure Tim Flowers would have been ripping up his half-time notes and changing his plans. Yeah, he seems to. Sorry, Scott, go on. So I was going to say also, I think you've got to bear in mind, it is quite a young group. So you might get an inconsistency in the in the team. They are still, a lot of them are, a lot of them are under the age of 25. I think the average age might be about 23. I could be wrong. So you are going to get those sort of um, mistakes now and again. But that's the thing about, great thing about young players. They can excite you but other times obviously you've got to bear in mind they're still young players so they're still developing but you know what potential they've got going forward in um, future seasons yeah i was just going to say about uh nathan shakuna's set piece absolutely um 
superb strike, wasn't it? And reminded me a little bit of his free kick at Colville earlier on in the season in the FA Cup as well. I know that was top corner and the Stratford one was in the bottom corner, but yeah, it seemed to set us up well for the for the second half. But like you said, Joseph, especially Stratford's first and third goal, there's not much you can really do about them. Just two pearls into the top corner. I know we didn't play as well as we can do in that game, but I think when you have a setback like that it's about how you respond and look at the three games since which obviously we'll come on to in a few moments you know we've, we've responded superbly learned the lessons from that um and, and and moved forward and used that as a as a positive for the future games it's interesting ollie isn't it you mentioned the two goals there and and to put that a different perspective perhaps on that game without those two it's it's a kind of sticky in the mud one all draw isn't it and yeah. just two moments of magic can define the, the result. And, you know, it, on paper, it's always a 3-1 loss. But was that really the difference? You know, do we try not to be too disheartened by two magical moments from the opposition? To be honest, I thought all three of the goals were superb. I mean, you, you go and watch them all back. They're all long-range strikes. I mean, I don't think Dean Snedker's got a chance of any of them. And it, it was frustrating, wasn't it? I'm, I'm still a bit torn on whether or not they were preventable. Could we maybe have close them down a bit quicker, maybe allowed them less time to get their heads up and aim for the target. I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Because I'm still a bit torn on that. I think sometimes you think when somebody's um, lining up from 30 yards, sometimes you think, oh, let them have a crack because, you know, the amount of times it flies into the stand behind the goal or flies over the terrace or goes well wide or the keeper easily saves it, you know, is is, is quite common. Um but yeah, sometimes you get those games where you just got to hold your hands up and, and, and say, you know, there were some terrific strikes. Apart from those two goals, I thought the game was was pretty even in a way. I think they dominated possession, but again, didn't really create a huge amount of opportunities. We can play better, don't get me wrong, but I always felt like it was just one of those games where it was quite bitty, quite edgy in many ways, um, and we just weren't able to, to get into a constant and fluid rhythm like we have done in, in other games, unfortunately. So I think it's one of those where um, you just have to sweep under the under the carpet, so to speak, learn from it, um, though, and, and just move forward. So after the disappointment of Stratford, Diamonds then faced a couple of tricky away days, starting with Tamworth on Tuesday, the 14th of December. It's always been a tough place to go for us, especially on a midweek night, but all credit to the Diamonds, who put in the complete performance, limited Tamworth, to very few chances, looked a real threat going forward and managed to get the win. Now, Ollie, we know Fernando got mad at the match and I certainly wouldn't discredit that because he put in yet another immense performance. But Liam Dolman delivered, no doubt, one of his best in a long list of top displays in a diamond shirt. 30-yard screamer, defended admirably, clean sheet. You literally cannot ask any more from a centre-half, can you? He was everywhere, wasn't he? You know, whether whether it was defensively, you know, um, making crucial interceptions, clearances, um, stopping attacks, but then down the other end, like you say, scoring 35-yard blockbusters. I know he um, got the goal of goal of the season award early on in his in his Diamonds career um, for a back post volley at can't, can't, if it was Harbour Town or somewhere like that in the in the UCL days. I'm sure it was one v goal of a season award and definitely he's, uh, he's in with a chance, a very good chance I'd say of, of, of winning that award for this season as well um, you know I mentioned a few moments ago when somebody steps forward from 30-35 yards out you normally don't mind them shooting, especially when it's a centre half as well as so you could see Tamworth kind of standing off a little bit and over with some cries from um, the Diamonds fans behind the goal of shoot, 
me and you on the radio at the time, Joseph, I was thinking, oh no, play it out wide. I think uh, Shamsi was in me space. Too, yeah. don't, don't, don't waste your time shooting from there. But as soon as he hit it, you knew it was going in. Um, it couldn't have been more top bins if um, if he'd have tried. Um, absolutely superb strike. And then, like I say, after that, he was he was an absolute man mountain at the back. Alex Collard was the whole back four. The whole team worked so hard to protect that lead. And it was great to see a clean sheet. I think especially a good team like Tamworth. I know they've been struggling this season despite being one of the uh, pre-season title favourites um, but it's still such a tough place to go um, especially after the setback of, of Stratford only three days before as well but I think it's nice to have a game so soon afterwards to try and get it out of your system and, and we did that and, and much more besides. It's a shame Tamworth never released the footage of the goal I think it, it must have been so good it's corrupted the hard drive that that's the only reason I can imagine that they didn't release it because so many people were asking after the game and on the forum oh when are we going to see Buddy's goal when are we going to see it I mean we we may never see it which is heartbreaking because like you say Ollie it's definitely going to be in the running for goal of the season that's without a shadow of a doubt but looking back at that first half after that I, I don't really recall any meaningful chances um leading up to the goal but once we did score we we really started to turn the screw didn't we and, and we came on strong Buddy could have had a hat trick I mean he had a header off the line and I think he had one off the post or one off the line or something, uh, or another one wide. And then Card had a chance. Ravi had a couple of digs, AJ as well. And we just looked firmly in control. And I overheard some of the Tamworth supporters saying that that was the best half of football they've seen from an opposition team at the land ground this season, which just goes to show how good we were. I, I can remember hearing you guys at, at the end talking about um, who was man of the match. And I, I think said at the time, you, you could just say man of the match was AFC Rushton and Diamonds, couldn't you, with that performance? It was It was one of the best performances I've, I've been to this season, without a shadow of a doubt. And on the flip side, Tamworth clearly don't look themselves at the moment, and, and they haven't done for a while. I think going into this game, they'd picked up fewer points than anyone else in the, in the five-game form table. I mean, without taking anything away from Diamonds, because we were excellent with the job that we did, does anyone think that Tamworth's form and their general performance contributed to the result at all? I think uh, I think a little bit. I mean, their left winger, I can't remember what his name was, but he was their danger man, wasn't he, Joseph? Hugh McDonald, yeah. That was it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he was terrific, wasn't he? You know, he, he could have had a, a couple of goals. I think we got to got to grips with him, especially in the second half. Um, Paddy Casey did, did, did a great job on him in that second period. Um, but yeah, the despite having quite a lot of possession in the in the second half, like in the hitching game, like in the game after at Royston as well. Um Snedka was really well protected. Um, you know, Tamworth were happy to to keep the ball in the defensive third, but once they stepped over the halfway line, obviously we, we were pressing them, forcing them back. Whenever they did break through, Snedka made a couple of key saves. Um yeah, they, they they just didn't seem to have too much creativity apart from McDonald on the left. Um, and once we neutralised his threat, despite the subs they brought on, um, I felt like we were well in control of the game and thoroughly deserved a victory in the end. I think one key thing about this game is um, was I think the first 10, 15 minutes they were getting a lot of joy down our right hand side, but then we tightened up and then we seemed to push them back and then kept them more in, our, in their for, in their half. Um, so I think it was like midway through the half, and as you said, I mean, I think, didn't Buddy um, Buddy hit the post? I think at one point as well. Yeah, yeah, it was either bar or the post. I can't remember. Yeah, because I think that goal goes in. Then you're looking a bit more comfortable going in the second half. But obviously, one nil, dangerous goal on. I think they threw everything at us in that second half to try and get that second, get that equaliser. Um, I know it's, it has been. I say we say it's been a tough. I think since we've been at this level, we've been there three times now actually. Um, since 
reforming I think we've won that I think I've only ever seen us lose once there I mean we've been that's also with the old club I mean remember obviously we won we lost last time we went there 3-0 when we had lots of injuries and obviously we won 1-0 we drew 1-1 end of the season our first season at level and I suppose for me it's a bit different because I remember going there with the old club and it's a club it is a ground having been there in the conference days when it was um, a grass pitch and that at conference level it for me I quite it's quite nice actually go back to some go to somewhere like Tamworth because obviously it's, it's going almost that full circle getting back to that sort of area where we're playing like so Tamworth and probably some others um hopefully you know some like Telford for example if bottom conference north will come down you get you start to feel like you're getting closer to that sort of level you had about 10 years ago with RDFC I mean it's been a great journey but it's always great to see some familiar faces whether they like it or not because I suspect Tamworth don't want to be in the Southern League and certainly that they're wrong end of the table um I mean just looking at their form guys just to echo guys it's five points in the last 10 games but then again they beat Royston in the second to last game so um certainly yeah they it's the club you would expect to be at the other end of the table, but at some moment they're in a little bit of a blip, but something I expect for to push on next season. Just shows the unpredictability of the league, doesn't it? I was looking at the league table earlier today, and I think there's, was it 10 points separating ninth and 21st bottom of the table? So it just shows that, you know, on your day, anybody can beat anybody, really. And, you know, if, if you string a, a good run together, like what we have done, um, you can quickly move up the table, but then the other side of the coin as well, if, if you have a few bad results like what Tamworth have had, um, then you can quickly move down the table as well. So it's 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 apart from the top three, perhaps, um, you know, it's very tight throughout the rest of the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just looking at the league now, it's just I think it's the top four at the moment, probably Russia Olympics. I think there's a seven point gap between us and them, but that could quite easily change with a few bad results for them and a few good ones for us. Um, I think the big one, just looking at that league, if I was to say what is the biggest surprise for me at the moment, it's probably seeing non-eating bottom of the bottom of the league. Um, it is a ground I actually enjoy going. It's a happy hunting ground for us from a points point of view. Uh, it's not too far, but yeah, it's strange to see them bottom. But obviously that's that's the way the football is at the moment. Um, but as you said, you've got Banbury top and Colville top, which I suppose a lot of us would expect potentially to be. And obviously, Peter Sports not far behind them. So it's, it has been a strange, little bit of a strange league, but it's quite a fluid league, which makes it interesting and a bit more exciting. So you don't want a situation where you, you know who's going to win win the league or who's going to be in those playoff places. You want something a bit more, a bit more uncertainty, because that's how you get the fans through your gate. Moving on then, Saturday the 18th of December, Diamonds went down to Hertfordshire once again. Uh, this time we were over in Royston, as we looked to make it two from two in the county of Hearts. And we did exactly that. We repeated the trick and we came away from Garden War 2-1 winners against the Crows. The scoreline followed a similar pattern as when we went to Hitchin with Diamonds going 2-0 up, Royston pulling one back, but in the end, they were unable to force a result and Diamonds came away with the points. Scott, a very important win, wasn't it, against one of our contenders in the playoff race and it's lifted us up to six in the table, which is the highest we've been all season. I won't worry about the playoff race. I think it's great to get a result, at, get a win at Royston for the first time since the playoff semi-final because every time we seem to play Royston, it's either a, we, we come off badly or they, they win, so... Really, really good and a good performance to go with it. Um, great first goal, um, getting that ball across. I mean, obviously Ty getting the header and knocking it in. That's, I think people realise how tough that was actually for him to do that. And obviously the second half with the penalty and then just pushing on. And I felt really we were always a threat going on, going on, hitting them on the break. I mean, okay, they got the, they got the, um, you know, they were really, really putting us under a lot of pressure. But you know, we saw it out and we actually got the, we actually got the win. Um, I feel like Royston are probably what it's a bit surprising actually with Royston because I think early in the season they were definitely 
above us in terms of ability in that but now it's, it's great to see how things have reversed so you know some might say okay it's a bit might be a bit of a drop off from Royston just looking at some of the results but also credit to our players for closing the gap on them and um, pushing themselves probably maybe going up a little bit of a level to really get competitive and get the result against Royston and get revenge for that game at um, Hayden Road earlier in the season. I thought the Royston team we saw at Garden Walk felt like the polar opposite to the one that we saw at Hayden Road. I think the reason, or some of the reasons why they beat us at home was because they got the ball down, constantly pressured us, played balls in behind the defence, made us turn and chase our own goal. And those of you that were there that night will know just how difficult it was to, to deal with in those conditions. And I was quite surprised that they changed their style because it was very effective last time out. What they ended up doing was putting um, Adam Murray, their usual centre-half, up as a striker. And uh, they went very direct. They looked to launch it up to him. And it seemed to play right into the hands of Buddy and Collard, funny enough. You know, two strong physical centre-halves who just swept the ball up every time the ball came their way. Uh, and, and that allowed us to, you know, get the ball down and play our football. And I think our ball retention has been much better since Ben Diamond's coming to the midfield with Fernando. And, and that provides the platform for us to, you know, play our possession football as we look to move it through the thirds and, and create from there. And I thought that was the reason why, particularly in the first half, we, we took control of the game and, and ultimately went on to win it. We're just going to pick up on something there, Joseph. Actually, I'd also just give a big shout out to George, AJ George, and also Connor Furlong in that game. Because I think the three of them, including Tart, it's like, that the two of them plus tie actually links up really really well um in that match you know interchanging looking for each other playing football trying to keep it on the ground um you know i think george has been one of those ones we picked up and then we've seen him gradually start getting integrated into the squad and starting to push forward for that those for that um starting spot and i think he's one of those ones to watch certainly in the second half of the season and develop because he's got a great technical ability but probably one of those ones which people hasn't been on the radar so to speak but it's started to just show his show his talent now it's funny you mentioned Connor and AJ because I've got a lot of notes down here about them and it just goes to show how, how well they did. Like you say, I thought they were both brilliant against Royston. AJ, he's been getting with every he's been getting better with every game he's playing since he's come to the side on that left wing. Connor as well, he came in on the right and did a good job. And I thought it was interesting after the game speaking in, to him for AFCRD TV that he actually prefers playing off that right hand side because he likes cutting onto that stronger left foot of his. So, you know, food for thought there for Peaksy, that's another good option available should he want to use it. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because Connor came to the club and we all thought he was a left winger. I think he's been doing a pretty decent job there without probably delivering the end product that he would have liked. But, you know, having him now, you know, say on camera, you know, I quite like playing off the right as well. That, that's another good option to have. Yeah, it just shows the fluid nature, doesn't it? And the interchangeability of that three behind Deacon as well. I mentioned earlier the... You know, you've got Shamsi, Furlong, like you say, George and Shakuna. Any of them can play anywhere across that three, which is fantastic. You know, if, if one is struggling on one side, we can move across to the other side. Or if you're struggling to break down a team, you can maybe bring a sub substitution on um, later later on in the game. Um, it just shows how adaptable they are and how much of a threat they are going forward. Um, yeah, Furlong was absolutely sensational in that game. George as well, but with Shamsi, you know, being out injured following that Tamworth game, um, and how much of a revelation he's been since joining in terms of his goals, assists, and his creativity in general. Um, I was thinking, oh, will we still be able to create the same level of output? And we did, if not more, we could easily have scored four or five goals in that game. I think a key difference was in the home game against Royston. 
they punished our early mistakes. I think it was two down within 15 minutes, a couple of defensive mistakes. And against any team at any level, you're going to struggle to get back into it. Whilst I think in the away game and in other games, we've cut out a lot of those basic mistakes. And even when we have maybe made a mistake, there's been somebody covering nearby, which just shows the the spirit of the team, the want to work hard for each other um, and, and want to do everything they can to... To, to, to win games that's always been there but I think you know that togetherness has um has only grown grown stronger throughout the season confidence is coursing throughout the entire squad and the club and it, it's great to see what do you think of um Royston David of Royston Tracuna really was a standout player for me um at Royston um I know he, he missed his first penalty but that uh, didn't put him off uh, stepping forward to take the second one I think he wanted to make amends definitely he'd learned his lesson from the first uh, one taken but uh, I fully agree with uh, AJ and uh, Furlong um, AJ I think I first saw him play it was at Matlock I, I think was his first game on the pitch uh, and he'd been waiting for his opportunity and I know he was, he was sub for a while and then of course uh, Jesse um, got the five yellows didn't he which meant he was suspended so that kind of made room um, for AJ uh, and other players to to come onto the pitch so uh, I think overall, like I say, a tie for that goal, it was um, taken to the to the byline, wasn't it? And uh, the ball somehow looped over the goal mouth, but stayed in. And he was able to turn, put um, stand off from a defender and get it past the goalie at the same time. So he did very well for that first goal. I would touch on something with Ollie and, and yourself there, David, and, and the spirit of the team and, and that spirit and... and would I say confidence as well, like you said about the penalty, picking himself up. You know, there just seems a whole refreshed feel about it, doesn't there now? And and going into games, confident of winning them. And I think to touch on what you said earlier, Chris, as well, you know, when we concede that goal against Royston, obviously there's, there's a few nerves, especially when they're pumping long balls into the box. But I don't know, I was sat there thinking, I should be a bit more nervous than this. Um, just because that, and that's kind of the the kind of feeling that the team has given me throughout the, the these last few months, you know, the the confident, even when the scoreline is close like that, they're confident they can either go and score another goal up the other end to seal the game or to see out the game. We've seen that at Tamworth, at Hitchin, um, even at Stratford earlier on in the season as well when we, when we won 2-1 there. And that's the kind of confidence that is, is there throughout the squad and the belief in each other as well that they can work together and see out games and, and, and claim results to help move up the table. And as you said, Scott, you, you, with, with the younger players and, and the average age of that, you know, that confidence building is, is immense for them, isn't it? Because there will be the blip occasionally, um, but to grow together as a group uh, is, is, is great to be watching, I think. Absolutely. I think people realise how much these kids want to actually push on, how ambitious some of them are. I say kids, actually, a lot more young men in their 20s, early 20s, um, some of them are actually teenagers. You know, they are keen to learn and develop and push on. You know, they're, they're very, very ambitious as a group. Um, anybody who's actually been around them. Um, you know, they although if they do make mistakes, OK, then you're going to have to accept it. But they're also quite keen to learn and know what they need to do to actually, you know, correct those mistakes as well, which they do make. So, you know, they are, yeah, OK, it's a bit of a work in progress, but it's a great work in progress so far. And do you think as well, um, um, Scott, and well, to, to everybody really, when th there's still, you know, a, a big thing about uh, 
AFC RD and the brand and everything. So when they come to town, there there is a little bit of an extra effort to to beat um, AFC Rushton and Diamonds because of the history of the club, the feel about the club, and and obviously with the extra effort to beat us, you know we we have to match that and 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 put in a bit more ourselves if if we're to overcome it and win. So. I think sometimes um, we, we we perhaps forget about that. I think I think it's probably it probably is still there with certain clubs. Definitely, I think some some it's probably not as much as it was in like United Counties League days when it was literally was a cup final, which when you saw some of the teams turn up where they would celebrate pretty much, and then they would literally raise their game and effectively not put in the same performance after that, having seen UCL games when we haven't been playing. Um, but yeah, certainly that is something to take into account. There is still that. The name and the brand that still has that sort of attraction to players. Mm. When you can go around the country and you say from um, Rushton, um, they will mention the football club. You know, that's yes. a lot of the time it all comes up even now. You know, after the old club, or sometimes unfortunately you'll still get people say, "Oh, I thought they, they you know, went bust. They've gone, they've gone," and you have to explain to them how everything is. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely is a well-known name and it is still a bit of attraction. But see, certainly we're competing with similar sort of size clubs now at this level. In terms of their support and attendance and resources in some cases obviously there's some have got more some have probably got a bit less but you know i think we're in a good mix i think we're reasonably solid at step three it's just about now pushing on to that next level and not standing still and going backwards because we there's there's always the danger of that where what we don't want to happen obviously is stand still as a football club not progress and then find we end up going back into step four at some point so it's really key we push push on as a football club both on and off the pitch yeah, and I, and I think if if not not sort of drifting back to the first part of the of of the podcast, but you know really like to underpin you there there Scott that recognizing that and and the job that, that that the board are doing, they're looking for fresh faces and inviting people and you know David and myself and and probably more to come just just to add bits and not stand still. And by Peters. So as we mentioned towards the top of the show, we did not have our game with Peterborough Sports on the 27th. That was due to a number of COVID cases in the Diamonds camp. So, of course, best wishes go out to those who were affected. Hopefully, they've all made a speedy recovery because it goes without saying health and well-being is the most important thing. We did get back to action on New Year's Day. And uh, what better way to kick off 2022 than with the biggest win of the season? Diamonds running out 4-0 winners over St. Ives, who were, of course, reduced to 10 men later in the match. And I'm sure you guys would agree we, we could have won it by more as well. Oh, definitely. I think that was a great performance. And, you know, we actually performed it. We not only it was a great performance, not only did we get the goals, we actually got the performance to match it at home, which I think everybody went home happy. And on top of that, we actually got a good crowd at home. You know, obviously, crowds have been a bit of a concern at home at, this year. But great to see over 500 turn up and also some new faces actually come out and watch the match. I think probably the only disappointing thing about Boxing Day. Um, apart from well, obviously getting called off. Also, with it being away, seeing all these club clubs at this level 
a little bit higher and a little bit below getting some great attendances and you're thinking you know are we going to miss out but fortunately obviously we game went ahead on new year's day and it proved to be a good attendance um bit of a strange one from st ives but i thought you know we were great we were clinical again some great goals and yeah the team didn't let up at all and the performance kind of outdid the state of the pitch because the pitch was cutting up quite easily um, but we we overcame that and some of the play that we saw from the Diamonds players, you'd think they're playing on perfect grass pitch, although, you know, but considering how broken up it was in places, um, it was a, a sight to see. I think just to touch on the pitch, actually, that's not, not through no no um, no effort trying to get the pitch as high as possible. I think the problem we they always have around this time of year is they have the problem with worms coming up, of all things. And you know, popping up and then at the surface and causing those little holes you see. And I mean, they've they've been trying to spray the pitch as much as possible to keep them off it, which is how they've kept it so good for so long at this part of the year. But unfortunately, because it's been wet recently, they've not been able to do it. So unfortunately, they've taken advantage and managed to get up. But hopefully, they can get the pitch back up to speed, you know, for future matches. But you know, they've been great work on that pitch um, throughout the season. It's just it's more frustrating for the guys who actually manage the pitch mm. that there's things outside their control which they can't control. But I think, you know, the pitch is getting better every single year. I thought this game was a very good example of how to break down a low block. It, it was clear, particularly in the early stages, that St Ives had come to set up in that way, but we didn't allow that to happen. I think when you have the ball and you're attacking, you, you've got to make the pitch as big as possible. You, you've got to spread the play and you, you've got to stretch their defence because that's how you create those pockets of space to play in. And on the flip side, when you don't have the ball and you're defending, you've got to be, you know, making the pitch as small as you can. You know, you've got to be compact and you've got to deny the opposition that space to work in. And I thought St. Ives, without, you know, trying to criticise them, I, I thought they struggled with their distances. I thought the gaps between their defenders were quite big. I thought there was too much space between their defence and midfield lines. And Diamonds capitalised on this with a couple of their goals. You know, Nathan did great to infiltrate the lines for his first goal. Um and then AJ was nice and wide when he came in to pull the ball back for Jesse for the third. And it was a good performance, which highlights the importance of attacking movement equally, though. And um, and David quite rightly put, um, touched on this a minute ago with the pitch. Um, I think one of the things when you're playing on a heavy pitch, you know, one of the really difficult factors about it is because it's so heavy that the ball tends to stick to the mud. And so you, it, it sort of holds up when you're passing it and it can make it quite difficult to, you know, play your possession football and, and move it around quickly but I thought we we maneuvered our way around that really well it, it's about putting balls into good areas isn't it you know Pixie's mentioned it before you know winning your jewels winning your scraps making them turn and chase their own goal and um and we saw that with the second goal great ball forward from I think it was Bully I might be wrong you might have to correct me on that um but no great ball forward and a, a nice composed finish from Ty so yeah really happy with our attack, attacking output particularly in that first half yeah, absolutely. I think St. Ives' tactics kind of played into our hands a little bit. I touched on it earlier that, you know, the last two or three months, you know, we've done really well in terms of harrying and, and pressurising uh, the opposition, especially high up the pitch. And Ives, you know, we're, we're playing the ball out from the back or attempting to anyway. Um, and, and that suited players like Fernando Beltoxtel, um, Ty, 
um, AJ George as well, who liked to be on the front foot and to press high. And, um, you know, we capitalised on their mistakes, took the goal as well. The fact we scored two goals inside a couple of minutes, um, although the game wasn't over at 2-0, it gave us a great start to the game, a good cushion. Um, I guess one of your thoughts might be, oh, you know, we could have easily sat back then and, and just um, kind of seen out the 2-0 victory, but testament to the squad that wanted to, to keep pushing forward, trying to get more goals. Um, we could have easily had seven or eight come the end, but but four was four was great, and again great to great to get a clean sheet as well. I was a little bit surprised by in eyes because they'd beaten Banbury not too long before that, hadn't they? Which is Banbury's only defeat of the season so far. Um, so I thought they might come into the game with you know with some confidence and looking to play a certain style of football. But fair play to to us, we we capitalised on their on their errors, like I say, um, and fully punished them them. I think that's a really important point that you made a moment ago, Ollie, and um, and so did Chris earlier on. Sorry, Dad, I'm just milking the opportunity now. Um, but I think there's I think there's been several occasions this season whereby Diamonds have gone a couple of goals ahead, and then the opposition pull one back, and then momentum shifts, and games turn, and you find yourself trying to grind out results. But it was pleasing to see Diamonds, you know, get the second, get the third, get the fourth, and then suddenly, from St. Ives' perspective, you've gone from thinking we get next goal, we're back in this, to thinking damage limitation lads let's just not get humiliated so I think there was an element of that in their performance there was a bit of fear particularly when it got to three and four um but it was nice to see diamonds really force the issue and, and boost our goal difference as well I think if, we, if we're being serious about a potential playoff charge and that that's a conversation for another day but if we are serious about it then you know we've got to get that goal difference up because it's not as high as the other teams in in the top half of the table and come the end of the season that could be a factor that decides whether or not we're in that top five i would like to add on the performance what what you're saying there joseph because for me i i i felt the good thing for the players because there's been so many kind of little patterns of play in other games where you've seen it all beginning to to, to materialize and for st ives so much of it came together for, for what the management team are trying to do, for what the players are putting all the effort in to do. And, and I just felt really pleased for them because, you know, it was a commanding performance. that they, they, they did deserve a big result on that. Um, for all the efforts that's gone on before, it was kind of by the players, for the players almost. And I think it's it's a really encouraging sign on that one for sure. And you can only play what's put out, can't you? And, and that's going down to game management as well. I'd also just made a point about St. Ives, actually, just look, if you look through their recent form, they, they've only lost twice in the last 10 games, so it might be slight out on that one, but they have been picking up the points, um, you know, throughout the season. I think with St. Ives, it's a funny one because a lot of people probably wouldn't disagree with me. I feel like they're in sort of like a bit of a transition as well at the moment. They've got, um, obviously, they've got Rob Ford, who's coming with, who's working with Ricky Mahineke, who's been there for a very long time, who we all know from his days at Huntingdon. Um, when he was a bit of a bane, in, bane for us um, in terms of getting results against us. And obviously his early St. Ives was, team was exactly the same, especially with that playoff semi-final, not semi-final, the playoff final um, at their place um, in 2016 when we could have gone to step three if barring the, an equaliser and then a, a winner where our favourite player, um, um, Seymour Shrove, actually scored as well on that day, who fortunately is not at St. Ives anymore. So he can't get his, um, his, um, his um, traditional goal against us. But I think their style is changing. But just looking at the results, actually, they have been, it has been working for them. So I think we've got to take a bit more credit, actually, that we probably did we did do a lot, did well against them on a team which actually is fourth in the form guide um, if you go for the last six matches. So all good stuff. 
Mm. And, and do you think as well, it's, it's something I feel that we've never really looked overrun by anybody in our, in our league games. I think it was, was it the Colville Cup game that was perhaps a bit of a stinker? Two, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but with our league performances, I, I haven't really seen anybody dominate us from start to finish and, and be worried about really, to be honest. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's there's been periods in games like we've touched upon where we've had to um, ride out pressure, which you're going to get in in any game, especially if the, if the scoreline is close. But I think even in those in those games, we've always had that element of control um, throughout. And like you say, the fact that we were um, in in full um, full control and full domination of that game against St Ives. Um, we weren't overrun in any way. They created the odd opportunity. I know um, the ex-Diamonds man, Nabil Sharif, uh, had a goal ruled out for offside. And they had a couple of early early chances in the second half, which could have maybe changed the complexion of the game. But even in those moments, you know, I felt like we were still in control, keeping the ball. And, and it was only a matter of time until we'd score again. And obviously that proved to be the case. But I think you're absolutely right, Chris. Yeah, I felt that kind of, um, that that control as the season has, has gone on, which which I think is testament to everybody involved. I think early in the season, I think there were elements there where I think Snecker did some, brought us some absolutely cracking saves, which probably if some of those gone in, we might be having a slightly different conversation where it's kept us competitive. Um, I think he's been a great sign this year, but I think as the season's gone on, they've been far less than I'm trying to think of actually last one. Maybe, yes, I agree with you, Chris Colville way, you know, at their place, unfortunately, we've got to go there again, so hopefully we can put in a better performance. And then we did in the FA Cup. Uh, maybe the Banbury home game actually is probably another one. Um, I wasn't, but you know that's we're talking about early doors. When obviously we we even the management would probably agree. You know the see the form and the um, performances weren't there. But now actually as we're coming into you know midway through the season, about the halfway stage, um, we're starting to put together those performances and we're starting to push on. I mean just looking at I think big thing from what I can see is you know goals. No, we're not conceding many goals. Probably want to score more goals. I think that's probably we could probably want to screw it up. The manager would agree with that. Um, Ty coming in has helped that, and I think that's helping our overall forward play. Gives us something a little bit different, which we haven't had before. So, you know, there's a lot of positivity going on into the second half of this season. I think another thing, Scott, and you, you touched on it just a moment ago, I think we are less reliant on Dean Snedker now. And I, I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of this because I, it would have been rude not to say it, but who remembers that quadruple save he did against St. Ives? Mm-hmm. That, that, for me, Unbelievable. I mean, if anybody is still in any doubt that this is the best goalkeeper at step three, then then I rest my case because, you know, he's, he's had barely anything to do in the game. And then suddenly, what was it, 60 minutes or something? I don't know. Bang, save. Oh, headers come back in. Bang, reflexes. Bang, another one. And he, he's made about three or four in the space of, what, five seconds? It, it was unbelievable goalkeeping. And, you know, the concentration you've got to have to be able to do that, it, it's, it's elite level. And, you know... We've said all season how lucky we are to have him and, and hopefully he, he sticks around long term. And, and certainly when we've got a goalkeeper of his calibre, it, it's always going to boost us going forward. And, and hopefully he can save us a few more points as we head towards that top five. And that's a great thing where the defence have protected Snedko really well in recent games. But you've always got the confidence that if they are to be breached... Um, then Snedker is there to pull off, you know, one of his one of his world class saves and, and help to keep us in the game. Because there are going to be games throughout the season and throughout the um, the course of the campaign where, you know, we we are going to be 
under pressure um, and where we are going to need players to step up. Um, Snedka stepped up in the early stages of the season alongside some other players. Um, but now every single player is, is stepping up um, and really doing their part. And it really is a collective team effort. Right then, folks, we're going to call it full time on today's episode. It's been great fun delving through the world of diamonds, but we're just about out of time for this one. David, Chris, thank you both for joining us today. And we wish you all the best with your future exploits on the board. Ollie and Scott, thank you for your company as usual. Really enjoyed recording with you as ever. Don't forget, folks, you can follow us on social media at Russian and Ranting on both Twitter and Instagram. Would really appreciate you all getting in the mixer, showing your support for the podcast and the club. We'll see you all again in about a month's time to discuss how we got on with our January fixtures and a couple of tasty looking ones at that. Banbury away, of course, they're the league leaders. Al Church away, one of the sides we're chasing for those playoffs. And of course, we've also got Needham Market and Stourbridge to come later in the month as well. In the meantime, make sure you stay safe, look after yourselves, and we'll see you all again very soon. Take care, everybody, and up the diamonds. Diamonds.